Hey everyone, welcome back to The Great Retention with Camber Parker, sponsored by The Yo Prono. I'm Camber, your young professional expert and founder of The Yo Prono, where we bring you the answers you need to know about how to hire and retain the best talent, starting with the young professionals you work with. There's a lot of young professional fish in the sea, as I like to say, but how do you catch them? And what do you do once you reel them in? That's where we come in. Today, I am so excited to have Leslie Hayes join us, president of the Hayes Approach, coming from Greenville, South Carolina. A leader in the HR space, Leslie's company has supported more than 100 unique businesses over the past 15 plus years, with services ranging from traditional HR and payroll to leadership training, executive coaching, and strategic business solutions. Most recently, the Hayes Approach will offer the only program in the United States Wow. That is accredited by the Worldwide Association of Business Coaches to offer training that leads to the registered corporate coach certification. Mm -hmm. That's a let's say that 10 times fast. We're going to talk a lot more about that today, and I'm really excited to hear about this. But I look up to Leslie in this industry and really look forward to more collaboration in the future. Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. We're going to have a lot of fun, and we're going to start with what I like to call the lightning round. So in a couple of sentences or less, try to answer a few of these questions. So first, what is something that is not on your resume? Um, I am dabbling in writing murder mystery novels. What? Uh, they are not for public consumption yet, mm -hmm. but that is my next big career. Okay. Well, we will stay tuned on that. I'm very curious. Can you share a memorable experience that you've had working with a young professional or uh, just a, a number of young professionals in the past? What did these experiences look like? So many. Um, one that comes to mind right away, mm -hmm. I, I have a couple of young professionals mm -hmm. on my staff, mm -hmm. and uh, we were the first job for this uh, one woman mm -hmm. out of uh, college, and she had to do, you'd have to do hard things in mm -hmm. HR, and she had mm -hmm. to do some hard things mm -hmm. and coached her through some of those, including a termination, mm -hmm. uh, where she teared up and had a difficult time, mm -hmm. as many of us do. Over the last few years, we've worked, we've practiced, and the other day I was walking down the hall and I happened to overhear her side of a conversation mm -hmm. with someone I know can be challenging. Mm -hmm. And she was flawless mm. in her handling of this individual. And Great. it's just so encouraging and rewarding mm. to see someone gain the experience and confidence mm. to handle even more hard things. Yeah, that's even amazing. Even more hard things. Cool. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite modern workplace tool? Uh, email is both my friend mm -hmm. and my uh, greatest arch enemy. Yeah. Um, I do have to say Calendly is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. I use Calendly on a regular basis, mm -hmm. and it has taken a lot of email out of my <laughs> life, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I agree. So let's jump into the meat of our conversation today, Leslie. Mm -hmm. Today we are talking about the young professional generations, mm -hmm. which make up Gen Z and millennials that are in that 21 to 39 range. Mm -hmm. These are going to make up two-thirds of the workforce by 2030. Yes. Help us set the stage by talking about this from an HR and coaching lens. What type of impact will this shift in the workforce have on business, on our economy, and our communities? So much impact. Uh, more than we can probably talk about this morning. Mm -hmm. But a couple of things that come to mind immediately. One is that 
we are going to lose, we're in the process of losing and are going to continue to lose some of the seasoning that is really important in a lot of professions. So, Mm -hmm. for example, um, when I was 35, I was good at HR. I was good in business. I I knew what I was doing. I was reasonably competent. Mm -hmm. 20 years later, I now see how much just living through additional circumstances Mm -hmm. has added to my holistic understanding mm-hmm. what's what happens with business cycles mm-hmm. what happens with employee life cycles so the the difficulty if you've only lived 40 years and you've only you have been working for 15 20 years but you've only been working for mm-hmm. 15 or 20 years is losing that piece mm-hmm. so i'm hopeful that employers and people from all generations will embrace to a greater degree the idea of mentorship mm-hmm. and trying to teach that seasoning. Yeah. Uh, not seeing it as old fashioned from the younger generation side mm-hmm. and not being impatient from the older generation side. Yeah. Um, another impact that's that's going to be interesting and it's going to be interesting how it plays out is that Almost everyone Mm -hmm. in the workforce or the majority of people in the workforce will be in approximately the same life phase. Mm -hmm. That's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to be getting married, buying houses, building families, um, all kind of at the same time. And that's going to be a shift. There was a similar kind of shift after uh, World War II Mm -hmm. when people Mm -hmm. came back. It'll be interesting to see what that shift does. Mm to benefits, to compensation, yeah. to leave time, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't really have solid predictions. I have mm-hmm. curiosity and guesses, mm-hmm. uh, but it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned the life phases piece because mm-hmm. that's something that's not really talked about a lot, but we throw out this number that you know two-thirds of the workforce are going to be this, this, these two generations. Yes, that's really impactful to, to share. So thank you. And I'd love to know how you're supporting your clients at the Hayes Approach right now that are feeling the impacts of this surge of young talent, especially if they have an aging workforce. So one thing that's interesting about our firm is we specialize mm-hmm. in founder-led and family businesses. Mm-hmm. And family businesses have been dealing with uh, the new generation for years, Right there, that's a common theme mm-hmm. in family businesses, and one of the things that I think makes the biggest difference in all cases, really, whether you're talking about different generations mm-hmm. or or cultural shifts or anything, is communication and patience. Mm-hmm. So we encourage our clients to have open communication and to get down to the meaning. What is what is the why for the business mm-hmm. and what is the why for the person? Are they working for a paycheck? That's okay. A lot of times an older generation might say, well, they just don't care. They just are working right. for a paycheck. It's completely valid to mm-hmm. work for a paycheck. If your passion happens to be making stained glass butterflies, mm-hmm. it's really hard to make a living at that right away. Mm-hmm. It's completely okay to get a job and pay your bills. Having a frank conversation with mm-hmm. your manager to say, you know, I'd like to do this job and do it well. I'm. It's not my passion, and I 
probably will Mm -hmm. move on in a few years. But in the meantime, I'd really like to give you my best work now. Mm -hmm. That's a valid conversation. And for both sides to be unafraid Mm -hmm. of those conversations. Mm -hmm. What is it that the company needs and what is it that the individual needs? And sometimes they're not going to match. Yeah. Not everything is going to fit. I, I talk a lot, and I stole this, only I don't know who I stole it from. So <laughs> if you're out there, I'm sorry. Um, I talk a lot about shoe size, mm. right? Every company is a particular size shoe. Mm. And if you're a size 8, size 8s come in men's and women's. They come in all kinds of styles. They come in all kinds of colors. But they're not a size 10. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm a size 10, I'm not, I'm not going to fit in a size eight company, yeah. and it's not my fault, and it's not the company's fault. Mm-hmm. It's just not a yeah, fit. Not a fit. I love that. That's a really cool example that I again don't hear very much. So we've got to figure out who who said that. But <laughs> I really like your your comment on not being afraid. These these two groups can't be afraid. They need to go into to this work opportunity knowing that people are not staying in these jobs mm-hmm. for 30 years anymore. It's just not happening. But how can you make it a positive experience for both parties and understand the why behind it? Mm-hmm. So just really great points all around. I am excited about this next question, kind of jumping in. We've had conversations before, you and I, about the changing workplace and mm-hmm. how there are actually a large number of young men not in the workforce. So we've been talking about this aging workforce of, you know, baby boomers, some of the Gen Xers that are starting to, to retire and leave. Talk about some of the workforce shortage challenges and some solutions that you see happening. Again, going back to why are, why are young men not in the workforce? Like what's happening there? That is a topic that deserves its own podcast you know. at some point. Um, there was a book. There's been some research on it. A book was written and published last fall uh, by a gentleman named Richard V. Reeves mm-hmm. called On Boys and Men. And if you're interested in this topic, I definitely encourage you and any of your business people who work with men uh, to read it. There are a number of things that are happening, but one of the most interesting is that there was a huge push for equality for women in the workplace, particularly in the STEM uh, fields, science, technology, engineering, and math. That has happened. It's not perfect, but it is happening. And women are closing the wage gap. But an interesting thing about that is, yes, women's wages are rising relative to men's, but men's wages are falling Mm. relative to what they used to be. Mm -hmm. And there's another group uh, that is sometimes referred to as the HEAL, health, education, Mm -hmm. administration, and literacy. And in the 1980s, 30 to 40% of teachers in elementary schools Mm -hmm. were men. That's down to 10% now. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the 1980s, the majority of psychologists were men. That's Mm -hmm. now less than 5%. Mm -hmm. And so whatever is happening, you know, Mm -hmm. we need healthcare professionals. We need teachers. But men are not being encouraged to go into those fields. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our... uh, being discriminated against, mm-hmm. um, perhaps not overtly, mm-hmm. but perhaps 
societally. You know, mm-hmm. why are you a guy and you want to work with kindergartners? Mm-hmm. What's what's that about? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something that we really need to dig into because mm-hmm. it's disheartening mm-hmm. for a lot of men to think, well, okay, where's my spot? Right. Where's my spot? Right. And, and something that there? does get overlooked, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. And it's, it's interesting because so much of this like you said, it could be its own conversation in itself on a podcast. We're looking at conversations about gender. We're looking at conversations that really are, I hate to say kind of not going against what YoProno does, but, you know, we're talking about how so many young professionals are job hopping. Well, this is talking about a group that's not even in the game at all. Correct. And so where do you see where, what are the solutions to this? I mean, there there have to be some, right? <laughs> there, I think there are some solutions. I think the Greenville Chamber, uh, not to give them a shout out, but to oh, give them a give shout, shout out. out. We had, we had um, Carlos on the show. The Greenville Chamber uh, is working on an initiative called Launch Greenville mm-hmm. that gets high school students into workplaces. It's mm-hmm. a collaborative public-private par- partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, not just girls boys as well, and not just science-type positions, but all positions. Mm -hmm. I think more of those kinds of things are important. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think that it it is important for workers to, or for employers, pardon me, to speak with employees and let it be okay Mm -hmm. for them to talk about what they like. You know, if a, if a particular gentleman really enjoys working in administration, really wants to be an administrative assistant, Mm -hmm. allow that to be acceptable and Mm -hmm. a status job and not necessarily a commentary on that gentleman's gender or anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that is also happening, and workplaces have a piece of this, is in general, men are still less likely to seek help. Right. And so when they see issues occurring and when they get connected with drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. abuse early on as teenagers or very young men, it is harder for them to recover. Yeah. So employers recognizing that, paying attention to that, putting programs in place to spot mm-hmm. those kinds of things, mm-hmm. giving people second chances where it's appropriate. Yeah. It's a it's a big group effort. Yeah, absolutely. And again, so important. I I want to encourage people that are listening or watching right now this episode to get involved or talk to your local chamber. Right? Not everybody that listens is is Greenville is in Greenville. So again, shout out to the chamber for doing that amazing work. But this is important to as an as an employer to be aware that this is happening. Yes. And it's not talked about enough. And so that's something on on YoPro No that on our side we need to make that more of a conversation because that's equally as as important as the aging workforce leaving. Mm-hmm. We've got to figure this part out because we know that there's an aging workforce leaving and that's going to fill there's going to be a gap left because of that that wisdom, that experience. Correct. So we've got to figure out if we don't have enough people filling those spots, this is a an equally as big challenge. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. 
Most of the listeners on this show, again, are business owners, business leaders looking for proactive ways to increase retention and find the best talent. So we're shifting gears a little bit here. But how do they do that when there are so many new jobs out there like an influencer? Like, you know, you can make money online. You can make money from the comfort of your own home. What is your recommendation to those those leaders? I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. People are looking for meaning. Mm-hmm. This people say, "Oh, the millennials really want purpose, and they're very socially uh, active and socially oriented." And I think that's true. I'm not sure they're more uh, interested in purpose than prior generations. Mm-hmm. I think most people want purpose. Mm -hmm. What it looks like might be a little bit different. And so, pardon me, so employers thinking through and talking about what is it that we're doing? Uh, We we are coming out of, and many of us who were uh, boomers or who were Gen X, we spent a lot of time listening to key performance indicators and metrics and how do we measure performance and where's your productivity bonus? Those things are valuable Mm -hmm. in their place. They have been overused. Mm -hmm. And the millennial group and the groups coming behind them are the most measured human beings in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. They have been graded. uh, They have been um, tested. They have had to compete with one another. Even their social and sports activities are competitions and grades Mm -hmm. and trophies. And there's the big comment of everybody gets a trophy. True. On the other side, if I don't get a trophy, Mm -hmm. then I'm a failure. So this group, my perspective and my experience with Mm -hmm. this group, one anecdotal human, Mm -hmm. is they need someone to connect with them. Treat Treat them as individuals. Listen to their dreams. Understand they are have the they are entering the workforce with the least amount of work experience mm-hmm. of any prior generation. Mm-hmm. They don't really know mm-hmm. what's what it's like. Mm-hmm. They've been tested. They've got aptitudes, mm-hmm. and they've been told by their high schools mm-hmm. and colleges that they should make bajillions of dollars mm-hmm. and move out and buy their own house and have a car mm-hmm. and save for their retirement and do all of these Mm -hmm. things. And if they don't, then they're a failure. And that's not realistic. Mm -mm. So sitting and listening and saying, what is your meaning? Mm -hmm. And this may be a little scandalous, but I think employers need to consider adopting a little bit of an open marriage philosophy mm-hmm. with regard to uh, all of their employees, mm-hmm. but especially the younger generation, okay. where I, I'm your primary employer. Mm-hmm. I have, if you have to choose, you choose me, mm-hmm. but maybe you do want to do this side mm-hmm. gig, and that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Or how can, maybe I can't pay you, but maybe I can make it possible mm-hmm. for you to take two months to go to Europe mm-hmm. to see a particular thing and mm-hmm. I and you don't lose your job. Um, again, every business has its challenges. I run a small business mm-hmm. and we are the HR department for over 50 mm-hmm. small businesses throughout the country wow. and in two other countries. Um, so I am not speaking 
lightly. I understand that it doesn't work for every business or every one. Mm-hmm. But to the extent that we can be a little bit flexible, I think we will do a better job connecting with, mm-hmm. retaining, and really finding those critical talents yeah. that the the generations have. And frankly, I'm from I'm at the very beginning phase of Gen X. We were mm-hmm. the latchkey kids. Mm-hmm. We're all about flexibility. Right. We were the first yeah, uh, we were. career hoppers. Mm-hmm. So gracious, we ought to be able to be a little bit flexible. Yeah. And and Gen X, you know, you this generation is going to be that uh, more experienced group in the mm-hmm. workforce pretty soon, the the most experienced. And so thank you for sharing all of those things. I love the open marriage concept. <laughs> um, and it's so important to, to hear from a Gen X leader. And again, I hate to put these buckets, I hate to put people in buckets, but again, we're, we're talking about behaviors here mm-hmm. that transfer into the workplace. And leaders that are watching or listening, it's so important to have this open-minded approach a lot of experienced leaders I talk to always meet me with this this conversation and they say, well, why should we do this? Because we had to pay our dues and we had to do this. They don't think that by being open, they are embracing change. This is this is the new this is the new group that's coming in. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to do everything that they want to make them happy. You do have to understand their behaviors that they grew up with that are transferring into the workplace. And so having this kind of open marriage philosophy or adapting to the gig economy, as you mentioned, right, there's side hustles everywhere. And Mm -hmm. in this economy, you really do have to sometimes people have two, three jobs on the side. Mm -hmm. And so. I think all of those points are really valid, and I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Do you want to chime in on anything else I just shared? The only other thing I would say is I hear that, well, I had to pay my dues. Mm -hmm. I had to do such and such. And I guess the thing I would say is every generation pays its dues, Mm -hmm. but the dues are different. Yep. The currency changes. This generation struggles with the influence of social media, the fact that— Uh, We are at one of our most divisive points in the history of this country. Uh, The fact that they are expected to know everything quickly and figure it out. Um, The fact that I I think that it is not surprising that there's a fairly high rate of suicide Mm -hmm. among influencers. Mm -hmm. The suicide rate with young people is Mm -hmm. growing. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to have all of the stimulation coming yeah. in all of the time mm-hmm. and try to find a way to make sense of that. Yeah. That wasn't true. Mm-hmm. That wasn't true. Even I mean, I, I'm not old, right. but even when I was a teenager, we didn't have social media. Right. I, if I took a picture, if we could find all the negatives <laughs> and destroy it, it wasn't out there to ruin my life. Right. For the rest of my life. I just didn't have to think that hard about everything. Those are do's as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really uh, great example, sad example, but Mm -hmm. you're you're hitting home. In the remaining time that we have left, Leslie, I would love to talk about your certification training and what that looks like. 
I think it's a great way to kind of wrap things up because it is a solution. It's a tool that companies can use and leaders can use. So, mm-hmm. so tell us how can companies utilize this training for their own recruiting and retention needs and maybe start by just sharing a little bit more about the certification so people can understand. Absolutely. Uh, and you may have to cut me off because I get pretty excited about this. <laughs> um, I am a big believer in coaching. Uh, coaching sometimes is seen a little lightly. There are a lot of kinds of coaching. Big believer in business coaching, Mm -hmm. helping people figure out what it is that they want to do to be productive in the world, Mm -hmm. how to do it, it, usually within an organization of Mm -hmm. some kind, and how to help the leaders of that organization Mm -hmm. be as productive Mm -hmm. and meet their goals. So I've done coaching for a long time. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I decided to get certified, and I was fortunate to attend a program in Atlanta Mm -hmm. to get the Registered Corporate Coach Certification. It is a designation through the Worldwide Association of Business Mm -hmm. Coaches focusing solely on business coaching, Mm -hmm. not life coaching or health coaching or Mm -hmm. solely on business coaching. Well, I went to go certify another of my staff and learned that over COVID, all of the U.S. programs shut down Mm -hmm. because it's very challenging Mm -hmm. to become accredited and stay accredited, and they just couldn't make it. Fast forward, we are... Uh, getting accredited. Our pilot program is almost completed. It will be finished at the end of this month. And we will be, at this moment, Mm -hmm. the only accredited provider of the Registered Corporate Coach Program in the United States. There will be others. Mm -hmm. There will be others. But we're the only one at the moment. And I'm so excited. We've even got somebody joining us from Chicago for our pilot program. Uh, So for managers... Mm -hmm for HR directors, for executives, Mm -hmm. people who want to help others Mm -hmm. find their place, maximize their talents, improve their productivity, Mm -hmm. understand their business's dynamics and how that interacts with humans. Mm -hmm. Um, Those individuals would benefit Mm -hmm. from learning how to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our program is called The Coach's Road. It's very simple. And it talks about how to be really productive in helping other people mm-hmm. become really productive mm. so that the rising tide really does lift all the boats. Yeah, I love that. Um, again, we'll make sure that people have an opportunity to connect with you after the show because I think that this, I would love to talk more about this, but I want to make sure in the interest of time, um, we leave people with a little teaser and then they can learn more. But congratulations. I know that you have worked very hard behind Thank the you. scenes and we've talked about this a couple of times. You've worked really hard to, to get here. And I think that uh, being the only only one that holds this seat is, is a pretty big deal. So congratulations. Thank you. And before we wrap things up, is there anything else that you'd like to share with this audience today? Um. I have great hope right now, and I think that it is amazing that you're doing this podcast. There are others trying to surface and talk about Mm -hmm. some of these things. If we can gather around a table, I firmly believe that if we can gather around a table and have a conversation, even when we don't agree, and even when the solution is obscure, Mm -hmm. we can make progress. Mm -hmm. We can make progress, mm-hmm. but we have to talk. Right. We have to talk. Mm-hmm. So I really applaud you doing this podcast, and I'm so excited to be on it. Thank you for for inviting of me. Of course. Thanks for being on the show. And again, make sure to contact Leslie and 
the Hayes approach and learn more about them. They're a wonderful organization here in Greenville, but working with companies all across the country. Thanks again for joining us on The Great Retention with Camber Parker. Before you go, remember this. Young professionals make up nearly half of the workforce today and are expected to jump at a rapid pace in this next decade. What will you do to help them become the great leaders we need for our future? Join us next time for more information on how to recruit and retain young professional talent. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others know where to find episodes about this topic and more. In addition, don't forget to share with your coworkers. Until next time, thanks again for watching our show.